the second Timothy, the second chapter, starting at the eighth verse. This is Paul's letter to his young student who is one of the first that represents our generation of Christian. He's a third generation, as we have many in our families before us that have carried on the faith. And Paul is writing to help Timothy understand what it means to be called God, called by God, and to go where God calls. So he says, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel for which I have suffered hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he, he cannot deny himself. To remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words which does no good, but only ruins those who are listening. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, help us to understand that these are not mere words, but we live in a world with too many words, people with too many ideas. Lord, help us to focus upon your thoughts and your ways. Let us ponder upon your truth and know what it means to be faithful. We thank you for this word of God, this day that we celebrate on this weekend that so much has been done in your holy name. Let us continue this good work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's amazing how the connection of faith that continues generation after generation. I think back as a child going to church with my father and going to church with my grandfather and being with my grandmother and mother and all the others in the family together of how I am part of a legacy. I am part of a story, even here in Harnett County, across the river, over at Kipling. Remembering those high school days when my father would preach and I was so much at a point of wanting to know more about life and what it means I had no idea time would change things, but some things never change. What do we remember? Our harvest sale is a time of memory. That's why the emotions were evoked in Tim. And yesterday there were many emotions. And Friday with the steak dinner, we remember those that went before, and traditions that have been, and new traditions that are being formed. I have learned to uh, sit near certain people during the uh, actual auction, and I love to watch the interplay between the hidden bids that are going on. Understand it's all legal. There's no illegality in any way, and, but I have noticed some people play with other people and borrow their numbers, Miss Linda, and make bids. God bless this church. We're having fun. And John, I'm just, uh, yep, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. And to watch uh, the young people have been grown up 
So what is Paul telling Timothy in the scripture? He's saying, I want you to understand first, remember Jesus. Now, Timothy never met Jesus. But he's saying, remember Jesus Christ. And then he describes what this memory is that we all share as believers. Even though we have not met Jesus, we have met him in spirit perhaps, in prayer perhaps, in others certainly. But he says, remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead. So his identifier of Christ is that Christ has conquered death, raised from the dead. And then a descendant of David, that is my gospel. So Paul is saying to Timothy, you need to understand you are part of a greater story now. And that story is knowing Jesus the Christ. I can tell you there is no faith apart from believing in Jesus the Christ. That's what the whole Christian faith is about. All the teachings, all the traditions, all the laws. They're all about one person. One man who is truly man and truly God and that is Jesus the Christ. As a boy, I knew all about God. I pictured God. I understood God. I thought in my own way, but it's not until I come to Christ at Camp Rockfish as a young teenager there that I felt my heart strangely warmed, and I come to know him as my personal Lord and Savior. He has been raised from the dead, Paul is saying to young Timothy. You need to claim that in your life and know that the one you serve has conquered death a descendant of David, that is my gospel, he says. You notice how he's saying that based upon tradition of knowing Jesus as a part of the lineage of the kings of Israel and the Old Covenant, but also Jesus, the New Testament resurrection Lord. For which I have suffered hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. And Paul can certainly say this. Because no matter where he just went, no matter what he did, he caused trouble. (laughs) The reason he caused trouble is the world didn't want to know about this Jesus. And so they imprisoned Paul. They beat him. In fact, even we in study think perhaps he was beaten to the point he couldn't walk at one point. He suffered these stripes because he was indeed serving the Lord. And the world doesn't want the good of Christ. And is fighting every way it can. That's why I think our Bible study is so successful. It's called the battle plan for prayer. We need to know we're in a war right now. And that war is trying to undo the faith and take it away from people and say that you don't need it. But the truth is we not only need it, we need it even more in the lives we live. And that's why he says, therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. Okay, that's good. That's a good beginning, a good start. Everything's solid as a rock. Now let's preach. Amen. I always love this when I get to walk down. My, my Jesus can do it standing quite straight here. What's going on with this? Is it straight now, Hamilton? Is it straight? It's straight enough. God is calling us to to light the candle of faith in our life. So let's look at that next verse there, Brad. The saying is sure, if we have died with him, we also live with him. Now, this is an interesting phenomenon. 
I learned this in the 1990s when I first dove into what was then the fledgling internet. And I learned the first basics of computing and programming. And it's called the if-then. If something happens, then something happens. And that's what this is. If we have died with him, we also live with him. Now what does that mean? That means for us to follow Jesus, we need to let go of who we think we are and learn who God knows we are. Because who we think we are isn't really who we are. I mean, that's just the truth. I mean, I may think I'm a certain way, but God knows I'm a certain way. <laughs> God knows the true self. The self that's not hidden by layers and traditions and teachings and beliefs. That true self that God knows who we are. So if we have died to that old self, we will live in the new self. Now what is the new self? It's easy to see what the new self is. Take all the best of your life and measure it. And there you will find a tablespoon of your true self. You will find who you really are. You're a child of the Lord. You are divinely made by God Almighty. You are a child of the light, John would say. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. John doesn't like when I do this. I'm going to do it. You're special. Isn't that nice? You're special. Can you see Miss Kathy saying that? I can't. You're special. Come sit up in the front of the class. You're special. That's like winning one of the auctions. You're special. Maggie will bring it. Myra will bring it. One of the others will bring the whatever the thing is because you're special. I got me a Carolina hat. I'm very special. I was scared some of those hidden bitters were going to run that thing up a little bit. You know, they are, yep, yep, and it's, it's John's fault. I blame him. See, you're special. See, if you have died with him, in other words, if you have let go of the things that are not really who you are, the pride and the arrogance and the hubris and all the things that you think make you up, and if you just, just be who you are, Jerome, you got to be who you are. you got to quit all this foolishness. you got to start living what you are called to do. You are more than this. And you know that's often said by who do you think you are. <laughs> your parent ever said that to you? Who do you think you are coming in here with that attitude? Who do you think you are? Well, I don't know. I'm son of my father. But as I said at my father's service when I was there, and I gave a little eulogy at my father's passing. And I used the refrain over and over again. I am my father's son, but I am not my father. How true that is. I am my father's son, but I am not my father. He was a strong man. He was my hero. But I am not him. I am me. And God wants me to be me. But the world will try to take that from you. It will try to beat you down. A poor child the other day got bullied and got killed. 
And finally, the community rises up and says, bullying is wrong at the funeral, and they wear the t-shirts. But I want to know why, why he wasn't told he was special. Why was he beaten down? Because this world loves to beat down a good person. Let's keep going. The next verse, if we endure, do you see that word endure? <laughs> Paul's making it clear to Timothy, this isn't going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Life is hard. When you truly live life the way it's called to be lived, it's hard. It's hard to get up in the morning. It's hard to go to work. It's hard to do the things that we have to do to provide for our family. It's hard to go to the doctor. Oh Lord, it's hard to go to the doctor. It's hard to have surgery. It's hard to overcome surgery. It's hard to raise children. Yeah, you children, we love y'all, but y'all are hard to raise. We love you. We want to hug you. We are special to us. But my Lord, y'all hard sometimes. Who do you think you are? And that's when your parents usually blame each other. It comes from your side. No, it comes from your side. You had an uncle just like that. No, I didn't. Your aunt was that way. It's hard. But isn't it amazing how we remember the good? <laughs> and we forget the bad, you know. We forget the tendencies because it's the good is truly the person we want to know and love and claim. We don't want to know the bad. We want to know the good of where we come from. See, he's saying here, if we endure, endurance is a Christian attribute. It's, it's a virtue to endure, to be able to set through a bad sermon. To be able to be hungry and want to go home and eat. Some of you want to go home. You should have eaten enough yesterday. My Lord, y'all were hitting the you know, tents pretty hard. I was watching. It was good too. Weren't it? I tell you, I want you to know that somebody stayed up all the night before cooking. I got up at 3 o'clock. I looked out the window and there they were. And I got up at 5 o'clock and I looked out the window and there they were. And every time I looked out the window, he was staring straight at me like this. He was enduring. Did it get cold? Was it cold? It was like 50-some degrees, weren't it? You were staying near the cookers, I saw. He endured. See, if we endure, we will also reign with Him. Now, that's big. That doesn't just mean be near Him. We'll actually reign with Him. Do you hear it? You're not just special. You're powerful. You're a child of the light. If there are devils in front of you, you can walk right in the midst of them and be not attacked. Your power is greater than you've ever imagined. You have an armor of God around you. You are a warrior in a battle that the foe cannot touch you. And no matter what you face in life, no matter how high it may be or low it may be, you can stand in the living God's light and know that you are being protected. And you can even walk through the valley of sin and shame and even go to the door of death and know that God Almighty has opened up the door of life. I don't have much more on this earth except what has come from me and what goes from me. But I can tell you this. My story is a simple story, but it's a faithful story. I've endured a lot of things. I've endured humiliation. 
I've endured sorrow. I've endured loss. I've endured being a sinner. But God has been with me every step of the way. People are looking for authentic faith this day and age. There's so much false out there and lies out there. There's so many pretending out there. But in here, the truth is being given. If we endure, we will reign with him. But be warned, if you deny him, he will deny you. And that's the judgment. If you want to know what the judgment is, it's contained in that scripture. If you deny him, he will also deny you. And how does this play out? Some would say it plays out in good and evil and bad and things that happen in life and being cursed and all that. But the truth is it doesn't play out in life because sometimes the bad people win in life. Where this plays out is on that day of judgment when we come up to the bar and we stand there and God looks at us and through us and knows every false pretense we have. And then Jesus steps in front of us. Says, he's mine. He belongs to me. And God sees his son. And then he knows we're covered by his blood. If we deny him, he will not step in front. He will say, you wanted it your way, now you got it your way. You want to sleep in this bed, this is the bed you'll wake up in. This is, the uh, this is the truth of the Father, that if we do not claim, He will not claim us. But if we step forward, let's go to the next verse, if we are faithless, He remains faithful. This, this is odd because this isn't the usual if and then. Because if usually has a condition, if you do this, then this will happen. In programming, it would say, if you say, hello world, then print on screen. That's the way it works in logic. But this is not logical, what he's saying here. He just flipped the script on us. He was telling us if we deny him, he'll deny us. If we endure, then he'll help us to endure even more. But now Paul is saying something to Timothy to stretch his mind out and upward. He's saying to Timothy, if you are faithless, then, he doesn't say, then God will hold you to that and judge you by that. He does something great. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Because, then it becomes the if-then-because statement. Because of this condition, he cannot deny himself. In other words, God goes to the nth degree, goes to the final step. He's giving this world a chance, and it needs it. This nation, founded on religious freedoms from the earliest parts of settlements to the people who occupied the land, to the gospel that was shared and has been a part, and no matter which road you drive down, I challenge you to drive down a road and not see a church. Yet we have reached a point that we've lost 10 million people in the past 10 years in the churches. The Christian faith is dwindling. It's dying on the vine. If we are faithless, why do you think we're not growing? I want to get all, was it 266, Miss Norma? I want them all. 
Next Sunday, I want them here. Send out the word. Names on the quilt. Come to church. No excuse. Come to church. God wants you. He's put up with it a long time of you denying Him, of you doing your own thing, of being your own way. Oh, my Lord, the preacher just stepped on so many toes. Uh, you're going to get a call, Miss Larissa. Oh, my Lord, the staff parish should have a special meeting because I don't dare to say people need to go to church. Well, hello? <laughs> and you give. Oh, Lord, you gave a lot yesterday. You gave, oh, the bidding, uh, everything. Oh, my mercy. Stuff was going, it was great. And, and the hard work that went into it, who would have ever knew tobacco sticks could be made into a work of art? But we're not going to give more. We've got to outgive because it's going to take every resource for us to build a building. It's going to take every resource to sponsor a ministry. It's going to take every resource for us to stand the storm that's about to hit us in every other local church called Methodist in the next two years. When they're going to give us options on what we're supposed to believe and say, you got to say this or say that. And Lord, I've been, I've, been, I've been lowered by the system. I'm an elder. I have to do what I'm told. I'm a soldier. I'm appointed to a battle. And I can't be questioning the command of what the tactics is or what the uh, just objective is. But I tell you right now, they're going to make me mad after a while. If they keep playing these word games. Let's go to that part. You know, Brad, let's keep going there to 14. Remind them of this. And warn them before God. They are to avoid reigning over words. What do you believe in? What side are you on? Who do you think you are? But what they didn't count on, I come from a long line of rebels. I come from a long line of fighters. My people spot just for the sake of spotting sometimes. Got it from my mama's side, you know. They the fightingest people in the world. Lord have mercy. My grandfather died. We almost had fist fights at that funeral. We did. Because they were fighting over this and over that and over memories and whose side and who was special and who was not. And the article said the other day that there are children who are special. You, you know, we usually talk to every child is special. The article said parents actually favor a certain child in every family. That's what the article said, Miss Kathy. Miss Kathy going, no, that's not true. Because believe me, every child to Miss Kathy was special. They were especially in trouble if they didn't listen to her, number one. <laughs> but the article said that parents do play favorites. Now, now, when I look at that, on one side I say that's not really fair. But on the other side, I remember my mama really did love me, it seemed, more than the rest. Because <laughs> she cooked more biscuits for me and she provided for me. And she told me I was special. Every morning she'd say, hello, sunshine. I'd go, wonderful, I'm, I'm somebody special. I got breakfast for you. Oh, I'm really special. There's a part of us that doesn't want to be special. We just want to somehow get away and not have to deal with that. And we use words to do that. Wrangling over words. 
all this money being spent, all this energy being spent, all this illusion happening is getting away from the sole reason of the church to make disciples, to make disciples of Jesus the Christ. Remember what he said first to Timothy, Jesus Christ. The church is about making disciples and ushering people into an eternal life because you got a whole eternity ahead of you. See, avoid these things of the world, wrangling over words. That's, that's, that's all Facebook is and Twitter and all this social media stuff is wrangling over words. And every day we can't even watch the news anymore because it's wrangling of words and there is no more truth, it seems. It's all an illusion. It's all a false narrative. Where are we going to find the truth? The truth can be found in the Word of God. And this bad does no good but only ruins those who are listening because it creates in them this false narrative that you're not special. You're just somebody and you're nothing special. But the truth is, I am special. And you are special. And this church is special. And we are called to something very special. Because I'm going to say it and mark my words that it's true. I'm going to be the prophet Jeremiah, my namesake. This church will survive the war. This church will be here when Jesus returns. Church of Scotland just sold almost every church in it's big cities because a massive decline. But this church will keep the doors open until the Lord splits the sky and He comes in glory and power with the angels. This church has a holy call and you're part of it. You're part of it. For we are the final generation. The Lord is coming. And He is coming quickly. Because there's been too many children hungry. There's been too much pain. Too much sorrow. And we have gotten to the point we don't know who we are anymore. And people say there is no God. But I say there's not only a God but he's my God. And I humbly and meekly bow before him and serve only him with Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Paul is helping young Timothy to start a ministry that would change the world. And the very history of our ancestors is shaped by this relationship between the mentor and the mentee. And Paul laid it out so Timothy could go into a world and offer the gospel in a way that can help the nations and the people know they belong to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we gather here, we do not gather alone, but we gather as the body of Christ. We come together knowing that you know and have called us by name, and that we are loved. 
Lord, we're sorry for the things we have done that have not been in keeping of who we are. Lord, we're sorry for the times we have denied you when we have sh should have claimed you. Lord, we are weak and heavy laden. We are worn. Thanks be to God for your Son, our Savior Jesus, who now steps into our life in a powerful way and offers us hope and salvation. Lord, let us claim who we are, that we are special in your sight, and live lives according to that greater purpose. In Jesus' holy, sweet name we pray. Amen.